So I guess if uh, if you had Frank Reich getting fired in the middle of the season on your bingo card, uh, rats, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this first because I got some pent-up takes from yesterday. Been kind of stewing on it for the last 24 hours or so. So I'll hand it over to you guys first. It was unexpected. Um, I don't know if I agree with the move. And um, in all honesty, this had nothing to do with Chris Ballard. It was all Jim Irsay. Um, Even in the meeting with Jeff Saturday, um, Jim was the only one talking. And and, uh, all all of his analogies and everything he was saying, like, didn't really make sense. Like, he was, I know there was one that was like, I don't know how to make a sausage, but I know how to make a football team. And I'm like, what? I, I didn't understand that one, but uh, whatever. You know what? We're, we're second in the division. And I guess the identity right now is that we're tanking. And it makes absolutely zero sense. Like, we're second in the division. Yeah, we're probably not going to win it because we've lost twice to the Titans, but I mean, there's still a chance, and there's still hope. Yeah. What do you have, Riley? Um, I mean, I feel like the fans, besides Brayden, kind of felt like it needed to be done, maybe. I don't know if Brayden thought it needed to be done. Um, but... Okay, well, I didn't think it needed to be done mid-season. But, I mean, I was looking at a lot of comments made by Colts fans after the loss, and they were just calling for him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Taylor's hurt right now. It might be worse than expected. So I think they're just kind of say, hey, let's just do whatever with this season. If it goes right, it mm-hmm. goes right. They're just kind of flipping a coin at this point. Yeah, if we can't goes, stay healthy. If it goes bad, then they can just keep Jonathan Taylor on the bench and not, I don't know. Yeah, don't risk a injury or whatever. I mean, this they're already counting the season. The program's already counting the season as a loss anyway. I mean, I think I mean, if, this, if the Jeff Saturday hire is legit, then they can get Taylor back and get into the rhythm of things and – I don't think it's legit. And I don't either. I, I mean, they I don't even really said understand the like we're not expecting anything special. We're just expecting them to go out there and do their best. And it's like, okay, what was what was the point in firing Frank? Why don't you just let him finish out the season? How long has he been there? Was he there? Um, 2018, I believe. Yeah, it was like Super- five seasons. Yeah. Okay. It was when. Luck one come back later the year, I believe. <sighs> so my take on this whole thing after thinking about for about a day and a half now. So I feel like personally that Frank Reich's team was sabotaged. Now you can say whatever you want about the team itself, about the play calling, but Quite honestly, if you look at like their roster construction on the offensive side of the ball, it just doesn't make much sense. So right now they don't really have like any superstar receivers. Now, Braden 
to your point, they basically have turned their identity to tanking, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you look at their receiver core, that would make sense to tank with that kind of receiving core. But that wasn't the plan going into the season, right? I mean, the plan is we got a really good shot at winning the division here. Let's go make it happen. So I think, you know, with Frank Reich being there for five or six seasons, however long it was, um, he didn't ever have the same quarterback starting back-to-back seasons. It was always a different guy. And I think a part of this is, you know, the the blood is on the hands of Chris Ballard and all the way at the top. And for some reason, you know, Frank Reich had to be the victim of their mistakes. Now, there's feeling out there, there's people out there who have said that Frank Reich asked for Carson Wentz, and, you know, obviously they spent the first round pick on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand that. But getting Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, all those guys, they're probably not going to win you the Super Bowl. Right. And if I'm Frank Reich and I get fired and as I'm leaving that training facility, I turn around as I'm about to walk out the door and I wonder why Chris Ballard isn't following me out of the building because he was the one that set up this roster and he didn't get the quarterback. They had their chance. I mean, after Andrew Luck was gone, you know, they went with the Jacoby Brissett thing for a year. That was the perfect time to regroup and go out and get somebody young, somebody that you know, maybe they could have gotten the draft. But instead, they decided to use their first-round pick on DeForest Buckner. Then they go and trade for Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. So, too bad for Frank Reich. I don't think he got a fair shake at this. Yeah, I somewhat agree with you. Um, I don't agree with the Chris Ballard statement. He's He built this team, and he built this team and surrounded it with superstar players overall besides the quarterback position. I feel like the whole quarterback carousel thing has been under the helm besides the Carson Wentz move has all been under the helm of Ursay. I feel like he's been the one shaking it up and he's kind of just been like, mm, I want this guy. I want this guy. And I know Wentz blew, blew the season last year. It's a team sport, but I know everyone's blaming Wentz. I'm blowing the season in Jacksonville by uh, not making the playoffs last year. But, Reich was trying to keep Wentz in Indy, and you know I'm I'm all for Wentz. I think he's a good player, but um, I don't know. I think I think it's a corrupted. Oh, what what would it be like a dictatorship almost type thing, where it's like okay, I'm the boss. I don't really care. Step aside. I'm gonna take control of this thing. So at some point, doesn't Ursay go, gee, this isn't really working. Either let's try something else, or I'm just going to get out of the way here. Chris Ballard, do whatever you need to do. But instead, he tries to get in the way then. And this is the part that sucks about ownership in the NFL mm-hmm. and really throughout professional sports is the owners think that they know the sport, and in reality, they don't. Right. So like you said, you know, Jim Mersey said something about creating the sausage or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how to make a sausage, but I know how to make a football team. So why is he the one making the team? 
I understand. Okay, Cause, he, cause can, he claims and have some input, but he claims his um, he claims his uh history and his background knowledge has more of an advantage in the business, just because of how long he's been there. And that's obviously not the case. That's why he's the owner, not the GM. I mean, you could argue it's, it's all in one job, but I mean. You hire a GM for a reason. Well, can you point to any situation throughout NFL history where the owner has tried to play the role of general manager and it's worked out? I mean, look at Jerry Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Jones tries to run his franchise and also, like, run the personnel and stuff. And it's like, at some point, dude, you just got to realize you're the business guy here. You don't know nearly as much about the game as you think. So back away, and like you said, you hire a GM for a reason. So mm -hmm. let the GM do their job. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Um, I guess a good example of that would be Belichick in a reverse inverse role as him as the head coach and the GM. But I don't know how it works for New England like New England like that. Maybe maybe since maybe you just have the coach be the GM and manage the players because if you're the coach you get to interact with the players at practice, see how they progress throughout the years and see right. what you need help in or what new players need to come, come in and uh, improve your organization. And if you can't do it on your own, then, you know, it's your own fault. I mean, right. the scouting perspective and everything, like when it comes to drafting and all that, that that's one thing. Okay. That's why you have scouts, but, when it comes to like the overall roster construction, like you said, the coach knows what they need. They know what they want, what they like. And so, yeah, I feel like that situation works out a lot better, mm -hmm. but then sometimes you get in this case, the owner who thinks that they know best. And in reality, it's just, it's not working out. So I really hope that, you know, they learn from this experience that it didn't work out. And instead of trying to have the owner run things, they should maybe, you know, rely on their head coach to find a quarterback or, you know, maybe Chris Ballard can find a quarterback. We really don't know. I mean, right. obviously he hasn't tried to draft one yet in like the first 62 or 64 picks. So it's going to happen this draft this year or this upcoming draft. It, it almost has to now with the way that they've chosen. I mean, they can't go into this next draft and not draft a quarterback. I think that would be really irresponsible. And I don't know, of all people, why is Jeff Saturday the sacrificial lamb here? I mean, I get it. He played for the team, and he's got relationships with, you know, the ownership, obviously, yeah. and people around the team. But if so, obviously, this wasn't a Chris Ballard hire like, he didn't decide that Jeff Saturday was going to be the guy. If I'm Chris Ballard, I'm looking at it and thinking, okay, so first the quarterback situation, and second, now he's choosing the new coach, somebody that's never coached, not even as high as college. <laughs> so how can you look at that and think, oh, man, this guy actually knows what he's doing? I'd say, you hired me, let me do my thing, or else I'm going to go somewhere else. It was a very – very impulsive move. I don't know where he's going with this. I don't see any direction where this helps the team at all. Unless, unless Jeff Saturday literally has like took 
Peyton Manning's brain from when he played with him and stuck it into his head, and now he's ready to ignite the full uh, fury of the offense that um, Peyton Manning used to play in. But, I mean, that's in an alternate world and universe where everything's perfect. I think at this point, too, like, they've won too many games to get the first overall pick. So you're still you're still probably going to win another game or two throughout the rest of the year at least. I don't think we're, I, I think I don't think we're gonna we're probably gonna be right under five hundred. And that very well could be the case. It's mm-hmm. just super weird why they decided now was going to be the time to take that action. I mean, like you said, they, you know they're three five and one, so they could rip off a nice little winning streak here and win the division now. They may not win the division, but they could still go to the playoffs mm-hmm. with eight, nine, ten wins, something like that. But I don't know. I don't like this direction that they decided to take at this point in time. Would have made more sense either before the season or after the season. But, you know, I guess we'll see where this process leads them. This, uh, this team's a ticking time bomb. We have all the right players in the right positions. We're missing a number one wide receiver. The all the all lines aging and getting beat up. It was probably the number one or number two offensive line the past three seasons, and now it's just what probably like number twenty seven or thirty two, something like that. It's just come on, you gotta get it together. So, I have a question for Brain. They got. It looks to be the 14th pick as of right now. Where do you think the pick will end up, and what do you think they'll do with it? I'm probably going to say pick 12 or 11. What do you think they do? You're getting a quarterback. I feel like they have to. Which one do you you take at that? You know know who I'm taking. I know, but but that's that's like towards the second round, though. What do you think? Well, okay, okay. If that's if that's the guy you're aiming for, then I wouldn't even take a quarterback. I take a number one wide receiver because we don't even have that. And all okay, Pierce might be something, but he doesn't have the physical attributes. He can he can jump up and catch the ball, but Michael Pittman, he is not a number one wide receiver. I mean, I think back to this offseason. So obviously, you know, they've had cap space to work with at least somewhat, right? Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah, they've been pretty consistent in a healthy range of cap space. The Matt Ryan contract was pretty big, especially on their cap hit. But they could have gone out there and got at least a somewhat cheap receiver. Like, I would not have rolled into the season with these guys. I mean, Valdez Scantling was out there. Smith Schuster was out there. DJ Chark, somebody like that could have definitely helped. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, they... They just kind of did like the Packers approach with a worse quarterback and hope that it would work. Right. And, you know, they've at least been able to rely on their run game for so long, but they're it's not clogged the up now. Yeah. I mean, the bread and butter's gone. There's going to be a point in time where, like, you know, the Titans can't run the ball that much anymore. I mean, it's surprising that they've made it this long by taking that approach. But in today's NFL, you can't just run it, run it, run it, run it, run it over and over again and hope that it's going to work. 
Right. At some point, you need to throw the ball, and you need to have people to catch that ball when it's thrown. I'm just hoping next season they get it all put together, get all the pieces in the right place. And if not, then maybe maybe a new lead in ownership, honestly. Even though that's not never going to happen, he would never sell the team. Uh, I think this franchise is definitely in their own direction, and it's going to take a lot to pull it out. I think they're going to be – uh, probably third or fourth place team for the next couple of years. Unless they absolutely nailed a quarterback pick. Yeah. They're just kind of a boring team for me to watch. Sorry to say that, Brain, but No, I don't even watch them anymore. <laughs> I can't even I can't find any enjoyment watching them. It's just super boring to mm-hmm. me. And then they were saying Deion Jackson, they were he had a big game when Taylor was out one of the weeks. And they said he's ready to be that guy, and he averaged 2.1 yards a carry this week. Oh, yeah, I see that. See, that's an issue. If, like, if their identity is running the ball mm-hmm. and they're getting less than three, four yards a carry, okay, that's major issue. You need to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But if we're, if we can't even go in the other direction because we don't have the pieces for that. Right. We're all built for power run straight down the hole. We we do not have – we don't even have a number one receiver. We don't even have a quarterback that, I mean, can't even not turn over the ball. Now Sam's only played two games and he's thrown one pick. <clears throat> but I don't know. I feel like this whole experiment in Sam Ellinger is just not going to pan out for some reason. All right, we're going to do who has more. The Today's topic is yards. And we are going to go in the direction of Jalen Waddle and Mike Evans. Who has more receiving yards? Mm. So I'm going to go since, – since Mike Evans is Tom Brady's primary target – and I've seen Tom Brady is top five passing leader. I know, I know, I know Jalen Wall is up there. I don't know if he's up there anymore, but uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mike Evans on this one. Yeah, I think Mike Evans sounds like the safe pick here. Mm-hmm. It's a massive difference, almost 200 yards. Mike Evans has 617. Jalen Waddle has oh. 812. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. I guess uh, the Dolphins are just doing a little slinging it around in the backyard. What's Tyreek yeah. got? Do you know? Is he like, uh, oh, didn't he have a lot? He's got to be knocking on the door of 1,000. I'm pretty sure he's at 1,100, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that is <laughs> crazy at this point in the season. He's going to yeah. break some sort of record, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, kind of pivoting a little bit, I would like to talk about a team that we don't get to talk about very much on this show. And I don't think we talk about them very much just because we are fans of them and we don't want to sound biased. Let's talk about our 7-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. So... Oh. You guys got any takes on it to start off? I mean, I think it's just like 
it's a team that gets it done. And they haven't <clears> played <throat> like too many good teams. They lost to the Eagles. Yeah. But they're a team that gets it done. And a lot of people just throw them out there. Oh, it's the Vikings. They're, they're okay. But everybody had Green Bay above them like past week three. I agree. I think they can, uh, they, they can, they're a team that can get it done. Um, actually, I think they can beat the Eagles. I don't care what anyone says. I think they can beat the Eagles. That's, it's a hard place to play on prime time in Philly. Um, yeah, I think they could beat the Eagles. And I know this weekend they didn't win by a very large lead um, against Washington, arguably one of the worst teams in the league. But they were on an away game. And usually you don't play your best on away games. But, hey, I'll take a road win any day. Well, <clears throat> historically speaking... They play to the competition of the opponent mm-hmm. historically. Next week or this week, they will lose to the Bills. No matter well, actually, if, I think they'll I think they'll lose if to Josh the Allen Bills, plays if or Josh not. Josh Allen plays. Okay. If Josh Allen plays, I think they'll lose. But I think it'll only be within like one score. I mean Green Bay lost by was it ten? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of feeling like, so everybody at this point has kind of said, you know, they've gotten lucky. They haven't played anyone. Okay, so make a list for me real quick. Teams that are acceptable to beat in 2022. So a lot of people only think that if you beat the Eagles, the Bills, or the Chiefs, if you beat those again three with, teams, that's the only acceptable the teams to beat. People say the Eagles haven't played anybody. Well, nobody's really played anybody. Everybody right. sucks this year. It's it's not a lot yeah. of scoring this year. Yeah, it's like going back to our previous episode. It's kind of like the league is flipped upside down. Yeah. You know, the good teams are bad and bad teams are good. Like, you know, Connor just said, if you play those top five teams, then they'll, play, they'll say you played somebody. But Not everybody has them on their schedule. I mean – yeah. In years past, you can point to basically anybody that's in the playoff picture and consider that a team that, you know, they say you played somebody if you actually win against one of those teams. But, you know, even if they did beat – so they got Dallas and the Giants coming up pretty soon. Uh, they got the Jets too. They got teams with winning records on their schedule coming up. So this is really the stretch where we'll get to see what they're made of. But up to this point, I don't have any problem with it. I mean, if you look back last year, they've they rightly said, you know, they played down to their competition, they played up to it. They would not have won these games the last couple of years. They're winning the games anyway. It doesn't matter how you win it, really. I mean, as long as you get the win in the win column, mm-hmm. you're seven and one. I don't think they're as fraudulent as people think. But, you know, look at Tampa Bay. I mean, they lost to Green Bay. Green Bay's lost to a bunch of bad teams. The Rams lost to Tampa Bay. You can't really look at any of the teams that have been considered elite in the past. I mean, even look at the Bills. They just lost to the Jets on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And the Chiefs almost lost to the Titans. 
the Eagles got played tightly by the Texans for three quarters. So you can't really look at any of these teams and say that one is like way above the other. Now, last couple of weeks, I probably would have said Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia are far away the best teams. But I just don't see any way that any of these teams are like superior to one another necessarily. Mm-hmm. If a team gets seven or eight wins like the Eagles and Vikings have, you can't deny that they aren't a good team. Like seven wins, eight wins, that is hard to get. And you're like, right. oh, they haven't played anybody. Oh, they almost, Eagles almost lost to the Texans, but they still won. A good team has to, a good team would have eight wins. So you can't just deny, you can't write them off that they're not that good. Because they only have, they're only undefeated, pretty much. Brayden, your point about you think that they can beat the Eagles, I do too. Um, I think, I think anyone can beat the Eagles, honestly. I think I, they just they've just been on a hot streak because they're the hottest team in the NFC, and I, I, I just don't see the Eagles winning the Super Bowl or even getting to the. Yeah, I don't see them getting to the – no, maybe maybe they get to the championship. I don't know. I, think, I don't see them winning the Super Bowl. I think this Eagles team kind of smells like the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit. And after that week two loss Oh, yeah, the Eagles, just went downhill. Yeah, I, I kind of been thinking since the week two loss to Philadelphia, I've been thinking we're going to see them again. And it'll be in the championship probably. So my take is I want them to play the Eagles in the championship. And I really hope that they do because then I think that they can actually beat them. Uh, I've been really high on the Eagles coming into the season and everything. I thought that they've done a really good job with what they've been given in terms of like their roster construction and everything. But I think they're a beatable team. And, you know, there's going to be a point in time where Jalen Hurts cracks because I think he's literally 2015 Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And 2015 Cam Newton was broken by the Denver Broncos pass rush. So there's going to be somebody out there who can break him. And when they do, everybody's going to use it as a blueprint. Most definitely. Time's ticking. It's going to happen at some point, one of these weeks. Who's your right. pick for NFC Championship then? I'll take Vikings and Eagles. I think it's got to be those two. I'll have to Probably. think about it more. I'll have to think about it more, but... I think the yeah, Vikings I'll just go... get there. Yeah. Go ahead. I think the Vikings get there. I I kind of like the Seahawks. I, I don't know if the seeding would match up, but Seahawks, maybe, maybe the Bucks get hot. Oh, we'll see. The Seahawks are pesky. Yeah. yeah They're going to be hard. I think the Seahawks find a way in there, not going to lie. Um, I, I can't make an actual prediction, but I think the Seahawks have a very strong possibility of making their way in there. <clears throat> um, we? Oh, I, go I ahead. just want to add one more thing. What would you guys think about Hawkinson? He was amazing. Okay. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Oh, just just the uh, the the midfield routes, like yeah, wide open. That was awesome to see. That's kind of what like 
half the stuff Andrews and Kelsey do. They just mm-hmm. make the middle of the – if you get them in the middle of the field, they can open up the rest of the offense, and that's what right. happened. I was a little scared at first because KOC in L.A., they don't really utilize the tight end this year. They didn't really utilize Irv Smith that much. I was a little scared. I love what I saw, though. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I think it was a home run move. I don't think they could have traded for anybody else that would have made a greater impact than TJ Hawkinson. Definitely. So, since you asked about the mm-hmm. NFC Championship, who do you have going to the AFC Championship? Do you still have Bills and Chiefs? Well, I think I think that's kind of been consensus pick up to this point. Yeah, it has. Oh, the think? Bills somehow get knocked out, which I could see I, happening. I could see the Bills get knocked. I think the Chiefs will still go to the Super Bowl. My pick was Chiefs Bucks. I don't really see the Bucks making it. We'll see though. I'm not just saying this because the Jets just beat the Bills, but like, I could I see the wanna, Jets making a run I for the championship. I kind of want to say that too, honestly. But how's Zach Wilson been? Not great, but he's, you know, he's hung he's, in there. He's get he's doing enough yeah. to get him to win the game. I yeah. know the defense is insane. All right, let's. Sauce Gardner, we man. can already say Sauce Gardner's rookie of the year. I think we can people, all say that. People, Seahawks fans, rather make the argument that Woolen should be, but I think the only stat. Wollen leads his interceptions on Gardner. Mm. Well, he's getting – yeah, that's the thing is Wollen's getting the stat. Yeah. Gardner's not, but the thing is is he's making more plays. I mean, you can't get stats if nobody throws the ball to the receiver that you're covering because you're covering them so well. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think Sauce Gardner's the runaway for it. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't win it, it's rigged. Can yeah. I say something bold here? Go ahead. Okay, this this just kind of hit me. So you know the uh, kind of the thought about Josh Allen is that it's a UCL issue in his elbow. So if it ends up being like where it's a torn UCL, that means that he'll probably need surgery and he'll be done for the year. Um, I think regardless of whether he's done for the year or not, I think Riley, your New York Jets are gonna make a push here. So I'm going to say the AFC championship is going to be the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. I love it. And you know, you saw that guy who did the coin flip. He's gotten everything right. And the final thing was they lose the AFC championship. I actually think that they got a case to win it. I think the Super Bowl, this is going to be my pick for the Super Bowl halfway through the season. I'm going to say Jets and Vikings. Oh like wow! Matchup. Wow. That if would that be wild. The, if that was the matchup, oh my gosh. That would be insane. I would, that would love that. Be pretty even too. Yeah. The, well, maybe, I, not, maybe not the Jets offensively, but they will get a preview in a few weeks. That's true. <clears throat> so here's here's the thing about the Jets that mm-hmm. I like how they would match up against Kansas City. The Jets have been able to win pass rush with bringing only four guys, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they've had to do a bunch of crazy blitzes. Well, the thing is with Patrick Mahomes, if you sit and play coverage and only rush four, three or four against him, teams are usually pretty successful. So 
if the Jets are able to do that against the Chiefs, I think there's a very good shot that you could see the Jets and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship and the Jets winning that game. Man, yeah, I, just, I just wish Brees Hall when he got injured, man. This team would have been crazy if he didn't get injured. But That really sucks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. James Robinson's filled the hole pretty good, though. Yeah. After that they, one game. They probably would have had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year on their team then. I think mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker's probably yeah. going to get it now, but... I think Kenneth has the offensive rookie of the year no matter what. I think it, it would definitely be close if Brees played the entire year, but... I guess we'll yeah. never know, but still, it's a tough loss for mm-hmm. the Jets, and they've been able to make up for it so far. Do you think the Jets are actually like the program actually thinks that they can have a shot at this, especially after yeah. the Josh Allen thing? Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so, because so like, Robert why else? Tala. Why else would you trade for uh, James Robinson right away? Yeah, I mean, at that time, it didn't really make sense. It was kind of like, oh, well, we'll just go with the next man up instead. They're like, no, 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 no. We're going to try to actually trade for somebody who's, you know, an established player. Right. But, um, yeah, I think that they maybe forecasted this coming, that they were going to still be trucking along at this point. Um, They're half a game of the division lead. They're kind of like last year's Bengals. I mean, second-year quarterback had an injury last year. What yeah. are what are the uh, Patriots record right now? Five and four. four and five. Five and four. Five and that four. Hold, that hold is over five hundred. I said it once. I say it again. They're still they're better. That's the best division in football. They're better than the NFC East. <clears throat> oh, no doubt about it. Um, do you okay? If Josh Allen's out for the season. You think the Pats can make it into the sneak into the Super Bowl? Or not the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Playoffs? Yeah. Potentially. I don't think Probably. they'll take the Bills' spot, but really? the thing is, yeah, I think the Bills are still a playoff team. They're without who's, Josh Allen. They're probably still a 10-11 win team, in my opinion. Who's going to play quarterback, though? Case Keenum? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how well he'll do over a long stretch because I, we all have seen now that that whole thing where he came into – the Vikings QB one for an entire season. We've all seen that that was just kind of a a myth. Like, yeah. wasn't ever going to be sustainable. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Stefan Diggs makes every quarterback look way better than they actually are. So, if Stefan Diggs and Case Keenum went up against the Vikings, oh gosh, that would be the best matchup. Oh my gosh, Case Keenum, Stefan Diggs against Kirk Cousins. And uh, um, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I actually think there's a valid case that the Jets are a better team than the Bills right Defin- now. Oh, that's no. no I mean, their, uh, their no defense appears that. to be better overall. But I'm curious to see, see how the rest of the season plays out. I thought maybe the Jets would get into the playoffs as a wild card team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe win a playoff game and then get beat in the divisional round. I think they're going to maybe win the division. I don't think they'll get the number one seed, but they might get the two or the three. And I'm excited to see what's next for them. Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, you and I said that we thought that the Jets were going to be a good team. 
you saw them more as a potential division winner. I thought they were maybe going to win seven, eight games. I didn't think that they were going to be that improved to the point where they'd make it into the playoffs. But for them to be, you know, half a game out of the division lead right now, that's just unreal. I just want to keep talking about the Jets, man. I love it. Yeah, I like talking about the Jets. It's fun. They're a fun team to talk about. Yeah. Okay, Zach. Okay. Do you think they uh, take a QB? As Mm -hmm. ridiculous as that sounds, do you think the Jets draft a quarterback in the draft? I don't think so. Any draft? Any 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 round? Well, maybe they'll try to get a backup to replace Joe Flacco. But I don't think they're gonna no like shot. try to find. I don't think they're gonna take a quarterback to replace I, Zach. Wilson. I haven't been. I haven't been watching Zach. I know they've been winning. I don't really know how he's been playing. They've been but winning by. You guys did claim that he didn't. He wasn't playing very well. Yeah, I, I mean he's, he's he's not like playing bad, but he's not wowing people. He's not the driving force. He's just kind yeah. of a passenger. I mean, he didn't even start the season, so I guess give him give him some. Uh, Give him a little bit time, they, He didn't start, but when he came back, they started going off. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Flacco was a little too gunslinger-ish for him, for the Jets, that is. I think Zach Wilson's, like, a really good game manager at this point in his career. And, you know, he can, as he goes on, he can be more the gunslinger type because that's why he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said he had Patrick Mahomes' arm talent. But, yeah, I think... I think the Jets are going to be a good team down the stretch here. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where they end up. I want to give you guys a little bonus. Who has more? We're going to go rushing yards. Lamar Jackson and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon just had an insane game. Yeah. Um, was it, Did he have 150 rushing yards? I think Joe Mixon has more up to this point. Um, no, I'm going to take Lamar. Joe Mixon has 585 yards, and Lamar has 635. See, last time I saw Lamar's rushing totals, he was still in the 400s. I don't remember how long ago that was, though. Is Lamar top five? I know. I know he was last week. He's top eight. Okay. It's not bad. All right. Well, that's probably it from us for now. So we'll see you guys next time. Go ahead and check us out on the streaming services if you like where you can find us. Um, Anywhere you can find your podcast, really. Like, subscribe, share, comment. See you later.